0: Today's episode is powered by TD Ameritrade. Every stroke counts on the scorecard and every penny counts in the market. That's why TD Ameritrade is committed to straightforward pricing with no surprises. So you're free to swing with confidence. Visit tdameritrade.com backslash fried egg. Member SIPC. Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Today, I have a master special. Jeff Ogilvy came by uh, our house here in Augusta, and we broke down the front nine of Augusta and just kind of his thoughts playing it, the architecture, and we will have the front nine today, and then tomorrow, Friday of master's week, we will put up the back nine. So enjoy, and without further ado, here's Jeff Ogilvy. So you're you're in contention on on the weekend. What are you thinking about before your Saturday Sunday rounds? Like, are you, is there stuff that worries you early on?
1: Well, the first green might be the hardest green on the course, maybe, and certainly the first the hardest first green in world tournament golf. I would say. I mean, Oakmont is a well-renowned, ridiculous first hole and a really tough green to hit. But it feels like you're in the lap of the gods a little bit at Oakmont because you can land at the front right of the green and maybe it stays on, maybe it runs over the back. It's kind of... You make bogey on the first at Oakmont, you don't have to have done anything wrong. It's just part of Oakmont. You just hit you in the face on the first hole and then you move on. But the Masters, if you play the hole really sensibly, you can get a nice birdie putt on the first. But if you hit it anywhere other than directly under the hole, you have the hardest par in the world. And sometimes if you miss it past the hole, it's even a hard bogey. It's a brutal, easy first tee shot relatively i mean tiger historically has struggled with it but it's a it's a gentle first tee shot and a simple looking iron shot until you realize what's up at the green and the green is so savage really hard to hit the ball under the hole too the way the front half of the green is because if you land it if you hit it short of a lot of pins it rolls off the front so it encourages you to get it to pin It's always trying to get you to hit it to pin high and if you hit it to pin high just a bit past it you get a lot of stress so it's one of the most un- talked about. I guess it's more talked about now because it's on the coverage more and people talk about the first green more, but it might be the hardest green on the course, especially because it's the first hole. And and Ernie else kind of showed that a few years ago.
0: (laughs) uh, The false front, you touched on it. augusta has got a lot of vicious ones. Do you think false fronts are like one of the best ways to defend against the, the Tour Pro?
1: I think it's a great way to really encourage, not quite force, but really motivate a player to want to get it to pin high. Especially in a situation where past pin high is going to ruin your day. Like, you can't just just kind of go one club less and chunk it up to the front of the green on the first. You can't because it's... The chip could come back, you know, the false front thing. So, um, I think you're right. I think it's a really good way to do it. And if you look at standards, I mean, every green's got one really i mean the valley of sin that's really what that is right um it's a it's a good way to do it because it, it really really it rewards the player for being aggressive and hitting a quality shot i
0: you think know, the like neat, neat thing too with it is for the lower trajectory player like, you're like your regular guy it's a way for it to slow down the ball into it
1: i think it's like the the perfect for me a golf course the perfect mindset is how do I make it easier for the 8, the 90 shooter, the 18 handicapper and how do I make it harder for the scratch player and the, the false front or at least the style they do it here at the Masters that's exactly what it does because the go can't spin his, he's coming in with his hybrid or his four iron or five iron he's running it up, it's actually a really nice green to run it up onto but the guy who's flying it up there with spin with an eight iron, he really has three or four yards to land it in and that's it, so it's a super precise shot for the elite player and really, quite a gentle, easy shot for the average player, which is ideal. It's bringing those two guys closer together, as opposed to some modern stuff where it's all carry and big long stuff. It just separates that scratch and eighteen handicapper so much that it kind of it's uh it's just so super intimidating for the average guy.
0: Is that second shot on two like the most fun shot on the course? No, to, to Sunday pin.
1: Yes and no. The Sunday pin might be the funnest pin on the course. A one of, I mean, there is a lot of fun pins on the course. I mean, sixteen on Sunday is pretty fun, and that pin on seven when they put it in that hole-out spot in the bowl on the right-hand side—that's a fun pin. Um, but the the one on two is hard. I kind of always laid it up on two a little bit. My mentality was if I could get it just in that front-right bunker or around that front-right bunker in two, I was happy. You know, I missed the green left a couple of times. I missed it in that left bunker a couple of times on the green or short left of that left bunker trying to get really aggressive a few times and worked out that that's not really where you want to be and had some kind of train wrecks on that hole so i would always try to hit it next to the bunker off the tee next to the bunker on the second shot and try to you can get it anywhere on the green close to the hole if you're next to that front right bunker on two it is a super fun it's a fun shot to watch it might be one of the funnest shots to watch when those guys hit those long irons on the top of the hill and they they land on the front of the green and they roll for about 30 seconds all out the, the back and they roll right next to the hole. Um, as a spectator, that would be a great place to stand on Sunday. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of holes right around there too. You could watch two, you could watch 3T, you can watch, I mean, it's close to 18. Yeah, 18,
1: 17. 17. You're really not far from 16. Yeah. If that is the sweet spot of the course, really. Yeah, you've got seven green, two green, really kind of 17 green
0: 17 fairway you can kind of whip across to 15 that's kind of the heart of the course i would say there's that hill that everything plays into and it's similar you know Mackenzie does that a lot of his places that focal point and that's like it kind of is the that's like it's such a neat routing how they play down to it and then he takes you away from it and he keeps bringing you back at different points in the round
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a great route i mean it's I think serendipitous, really. I think they were fortunate how it worked. He was obviously a genius router and Jones might have been the, the best golf mind ever Like when it related to golf course and, and playing the course. I mean, he was truly genius, but there was serendipity involved in how it all worked out. I mean, it just it is such a good golf course to watch golf and you can pretty much from that point, from the second green, seventh green, kind of eighth tee area, you can pretty much get to every hole with a five-minute walk almost, you know, you're kind of really central and people keep, you, you watch them come through two and then you see that same group come through seven and then later on they come back through 17. It's like, yeah, it's all, uh, it's brilliant like that. Because if it just went out, like the old course is the old course and it's brilliant, but it's a, an awful course to watch golf. Great course to play golf, but to watch, it's kind of awful, but this kind of matches all the, creates all the great golf and it makes it great to watch. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: Almost like the stadium course before the stadium course.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything about it is just, I mean, you had to say say perfect. I mean, there is no perfect, but relative to everything else, if you want to find for a great place to watch golf and a place that's going to create great, attractive golf to watch, right? It's all right here. It's incredible.
0: It's an expansive property, but intimate.
1: Yeah, it seems, I don't think it's quite as big as you think. But it seems so big because there's there's no real lines of trees. They're like copses of trees, right? Copses is the word, right? Like groupings of trees. But you stand at the clubhouse, you can pretty much see across the whole course, um, which makes it seem like this big kind of park. You know, it's like it seems massive, big scale, big wide fairways, big bunkers. Um, but as you say, intimate because... Everything kind of comes back. It's kind of near each other, but because it's so big scale, it seems big, but you realize that everything's kind of close and that helps with the roars and the feel. And you see, you're constantly seeing other groups go up other holes and stuff and feeling that you just, you 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 always kind of feel like you're part of the whole show. You're never separated on
0: one spot way away from anywhere else. So it's I mean, it's just brilliant. That's That's got to be one of the cool things compared to like your modern TPC courses, the how close you are to all the competitors when you're playing.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. I mean you're teeing off on the first and you're watching the guys hit into the ninth and and kind of sussing out the pin and where they're hitting it. And then, and that happens kind of all the way around. You're playing down two and you're watching them pitch into three. And then on seven, you're watching, you're walking down six say, and you're watching their shots into 16. And you can, you're constantly kind of being reminded of what's coming and what's gone and who's doing what. And, um, It's nice to feel a part of it. You know, there's a lot of courses where you're just way out there now, right? Modern routings seem to just go wherever they want and don't take that sort of thing into account. But uh, it's great to be out there with all the competitors and playing partners and feel like you're part of the whole show. That's the whole thing. It's just a whole, the whole thing is just one big show, right? And it's brilliant.
0: A buddy of mine, Sean Martin, did the Strokes Gained uh, analysis of winners and the golf course where they picked up the most shots to the field. And the two holes that came out on top were number three and number 14.
1: Well, they're the two holes that you can have the most docile seeming holes. No bunkers on 14. Three has bunkers, but they're really easy to miss. You just kind of hit a, some sort of... Well, modern play. These guys all seem to hit driver up short left of the green, but it's just been a three or a two or three iron or a hybrid these days to the top of the hill and a wedge onto the green. And it's relatively simple. And 14 is driver in a nine-iron or something, but they'd have two greens that if you miss them in the wrong spots, you have almost zero chance to make par and a big chance to make six or seven or eight. mean, you can just... They turn you into idiots. That doesn't actually surprise me. Like I think everyone would have thought 12 or 13 or 11 or 15, but it's... Uh, the third, I think, is a genius hole because... The only way to really make birdie or get it close is to really risk missing it short of the green. And if you miss it short of the green, it's almost an impossible up and down. It comes all the way back and you're 12 feet below the level of the green to this crazy pitched green. And the only way to get that pitch close if you do miss it short is to risk leaving it short again. You know, so once you've missed it short, unless you say, right, I'm just going to make five. And by the way, it's not an easy five because your little pitch will go 12 feet past the hole in a putt that will break six feet. Um, and so it's if you want to have a good score, if you want to make three, you have to risk leaving it short. If you want to make four, once you leave it short, you have to risk leaving it short again. And that just kind of follows the whole hole. It's, uh, and 14 is, the miss on 14 is long right, but you never want to miss like an eight or a nine on to, And they usually, it's really, really
0: hard to miss long right for a good player too.
1: It is, especially uh righty, especially a righty. Yeah. It's not the thing. You usually miss short right or long left, right? Which is the genius on 12, but, um, it's a they've, there's the three of the four pins on 14 generally are oh I want to make birdie there you, it's kind of one of your last birdie chances you have got 15 and 16 but 17 and 18 are really tough so you kind of want to get something going on 14 you've got a 9-iron or 8-iron to a pin that it's all going to roll towards but you kind of have to risk landing it short of the green to get it really close sometimes and if you miss it short of 14 you definitely I mean that's a 1 in 10 up and down so fourteen's uh, an amazing green
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things that I've heard you say, and I think you said it—I'm not sure if you said it on our pod or on the state of the game—but you said like the greatest holes are the ones where if you want to make an easy par, it's like you know if you want to make par, it's really easy, but if you want to make birdie, and it's really hard. So, from what I'm hearing, like three and fourteen are holes where if you're in the hunt, your expectation almost changes. Where those are the holes you feel like you got to get birdie on, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So all of a sudden it switches versus the the tough holes coming in where you're like, par is a good score. Mm-hmm. So that expectation flip then brings bogey or worse into play.
1: Yeah, well, like if 11 is so obviously impossible, you're quite content to go two fours and two fives to the week probably. That would be okay. You know, most winners of the, the Masters probably have a bogey or two on 11. So you're quite happy. You aim it away from the green. You aim it, everyone aims it at the right edge of the green and tries to hit it in the right spot. And maybe on Sunday, like guys, these modern Rory's and Dustin's and that, they're super aggressive and they'll go for it. But generally you're quite content. If you make five on 11, oh well, everyone's making five on 11. But see, three and 14, they are legitimate birdie holes. But the only way to make birdie is to risk making bogey, which is the genius of the whole course really. And all great courses in that they give the great player a par pretty much. If you want to make par, if you give up birdie, we'll give you a par. But as soon as you want to make birdie, that's when you bring bogey in. If you want to make eagle, you're going to bring double in. Um, To me, that is absolutely perfect because it's probably relatively easy for a good player playing well to cruise around here, have a decent week, finish top 20, take no risks, put a nice check in his pocket and just walk away, get invited back next year and happy days. But to win the tournament, you have to go for everything. And when you go for everything, that's when it can all go wrong.
0: It almost too, becomes enhanced when you're in position, too. So like if you were, amplified, 50, amplified yeah, amplified. Because yeah. like if you're coming down at back nine and you're in fifteenth, you, you, you know you have a shot if you play great nine. But if you're in fiftieth, like, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's just makes you so nervous this course, and it. The only way to make birdies and have do great shots is to take on shots you don't want to take on. Mm-hmm. Like on a normal week, you just wouldn't hit that second shot in a fifteen. I mean, it looks like you're hitting a three on on the top of a Volkswagen Beetle. It just wow. There's no this is a really, really hard shot. But if you want to win, you've got to hit it. And you've got to get your head into that place where obviously guys like Phil and Tiger seem to get it into that fearless swing. That Rory kind of that that free swing. It's like, you know what? The only way I can hit this shot is to be loose. Yeah. But the difficulty of the shot and the potential train wrecks, the challenge is to get loose with that much trouble around. It's really, that's, that's, to me, the whole essence of the Masters, is to swing loose with hyper-aggressive, really risky plays. And that's a really difficult thing to do.
0: It's, the, it's counterintuitive of golf. Like It's a really scary shot and most people get cautious. And then when you get cautious, you're dead.
1: Yeah, human nature is to like, oh, this is risky, so I'm not sure about this. I'll just carefully like to speed it up there so I don't get in any trouble. But that's why you get into trouble because
0: you get careful about it. It's funny. I always say I'm I'm like a snorkeler when I play golf. Like if I get a little under the water, I'm fine. But as soon as I get a certain spot, that's when I start protecting and I start losing it. But that's what makes you guys so great. Your nuclear subs, like everybody that's playing in the Masters for the most part, has the ability to get there, but then this is a golf course that makes it even harder to get there because it's even scarier, right?
1: It is. And I mean, it's it's all part of, it's so the whole picture. I mean, the build up to the Masters is, is outrageous. Every media official in the world is here. Everybody's watching. It's the one everybody wants to win. At least in April, it's the one everyone wants to win because it's the first one for six or nine months. It sets up the whole year for everybody. I mean, it sets up your career. It's such a huge deal. And it's a course that just... And so you're kind of anxious, performance anxiety anyway. Like it's hard to be loose and free. But the only way to play it well is to be loose and free. So you've got that fight in yourself that you're desperate to win or you really want to win really badly. And that usually creates tension and tightness and being careful. But the only way to play it well is to be the other way around. And if you look at historically, guys like Fred Couples play there every year. I mean, that's the epitome of a loose golfer, you know, Um it's Phil, you know, it's win or, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I just want to win. So that's really, those sort of guys are going to play well. And I think that's why it's so hard for guys when it, like Rory at the moment, when it becomes their thing. Yeah. You know, it was Norman and Duval and Ernie Els. And it was that, they just, every year it gets harder to be loose. Because how do you, that one thing you really want in the world the most, you have to be looser than every other week. That's a really, really hard thing to do, you know.
0: I mean, you see with Tiger ever once, once Y uh, Yang, like, I, I think that's like a fundamental thing. Like, nobody had beaten him. He'd never lost in that moment. And he lost in that moment. It's like he actually saw, it. he never had experienced it. You know, it's like you don't know.
1: Yeah, there'd be an argument to say, like, a psychologist convention would sit down and like analyze the whole thing. But if he'd lost one or two early, he might actually still be winning more now he might have ended up with more I mean you saw Nick Jack got comfortable with losing mm-hmm. because I mean he won a lot but he finished second a lot and third a lot and tiger never lost what was he like fifty and oh when he started Sunday and the leaders some outrageous number yeah. um and when he that's it, that some quite a lot of the magic was gone obviously when yang beat him um because it had been going on for someone at some point he was going to lose right I mean you can't win forever uh it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, a lot of other stuff happened too, but it is interesting. Uh, Jack lost more than he won. Yeah. So it's almost like the loss, the losses were. Te- he was a bit more Teflon to the losses. It was a bit more like he didn't develop the scars because he was used to losing along with winning all the time.
0: It's a, yeah, it's crazy. It's like golf for mortals is a game of ninety nine percent failure my buddy said this to me like at one point he's like so that one percent when you actually succeed is like it's the greatest feeling in the world and but for tiger it wasn't that way because it, and that's what makes you better is the failure it makes you better a lot of times right
1: well that's what they say and you definitely learn a lot more from when you get it wrong than when you get it right when you get it right you walk away and say how easy is this when you get it wrong it's, oh. I've got to do something better next time. You don't walk away from a success and think, I've got to do something better next time, you know, or you don't see what you did wrong because you won. It's interesting.
0: So through three, usually, were you thinking like, we, I got to get off to a good start here because of the next few holes?
1: You certainly want to be under before you're over at the Masters. And if you've messed the first up, which is very easy to do, you bogey the first, it's not the end of your day because you've got two and three. And as I was talking about three, three is tricky, but it's still a birdie hole. You still got a sandwich or a wedge. Um, but two, you want to make birdie on two, and hopefully be under par before you want to be un- one under on the fourth tee, maybe two. That would be great because four's in- incredibly difficult. Five is going to be even harder now, but it's always been tricky. Six, depending on the pin. Um, that's a little tough. That's a really tough stretch. Those three holes. So yeah, you want to be under and before you. You want to be under before you're over. Yeah, seven is a pin is a pin specific thing too. Like six, six with the pin low on the bottom tier, and seven with the pin in that bowl on the right, are legitimately st- decent birdie chances. But seven with that pin on the kind of the high one on the left, just over the bunker, where it kind of it crowns off both ways, hard to hit it close, and it's playing a little bit long, and it's early in the morning. And you get a five iron into there. It's like wow, that's a really hard hole and six with the pin on the high tier, that crazy high thing on the right. um, That is one of the toughest seven or eight ons or six ons you'll ever have. Uh, So they they can flip. Six and seven can go from easy to difficult, but you can have that day where four, five, six, and seven are four of the hardest holes on the course. So yeah, you want to be under before you're over.
0: (laughs) Now for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is powered by TD Ameritrade. Whether on the course or in the market, it helps to have a second set of eyes to keep you on your game. That's why TD Ameritrade's Trade Desk is here to help gut check your strategies so you always feel confident teeing up a trade. Visit tdameritrade.com backslash Friday to learn more about what their Trade Desk can do for you. Member SIPC. It's funny. I got this book. This guy did a strokes gained analysis. Joe Peta. He, he took all the trackers. He scraped it so he had stroke gains statistics from last year. And one of the things he found, it, there's only one double or worse on A. And, and then, but then there was very few eagles. It was like it's one of the least varied holes.
1: It's a tough eagle hole because I mean, we you see you, everyone gets in and watches on Saturday and Sunday and Tiger or Phil or Rory or something. I in they're swinging it in, but it's a really big two hits for most players now. There's no run on the fairway. That bunker on the right is really hard to avoid. For some reason it's quite magnetic because the left trees are really rough, but there's no real train wreck on eight. Even if you hit it in the left trees off the tee, you kind of punch it up the hill hit whatever you can on the middle of the green. It's quite a receptive green to hit it within 25 feet because it's high on both sides. It doesn't repel balls. It brings them back towards the hole. So it's relatively easy. if you wanted to Again, if you want to make par an eight every time, easy as.
0: It's like a punch ball.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a punch ball. And the fairway is really massively wide if you just safe out to the left, safe up on top. You can lay it up as far right as you want. You can hit it 100 yards right of the green, long. You've got a, a football field to hit it into right of the green. But then it gets difficult to hit it close for three. But to hit it inside six feet for three is tough. But to hit it inside thirty feet is quite easy. So
0: if they, it's
1: it's a birdie and par hole, really. I mean, the whole field. That's what your stats say too. I would have said yeah. yeah. Most of the field, half the field make five, half the field make four. Kind of.
0: I was looking at the old pictures and I, you, there's centerline bunker is now the right bunker. Do you think if they opened that right side up, you'd see more Eagles because you're actually hitting from the proper angle? And
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they probably were 10 years in front with the le- the depth, how far that bunker was from the tee. I mean, it's a 310 carry or something uphill, um, which is turning out to probably be about right now, right? But when they did it, um, it's been there my whole career pretty much, I think. Uh it was I could sometimes not get it to the bunker, right? I was 40 yards from carrying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a deep bunker and it's a tricky shot out of it, but it's not the worst. So people are willing to take it on because again, if you hit it in the bunker, then you just lay it up and hit a wedge on the green. And it's really, it adds half a shot. Like it's not adding three shots, like hitting it in the water on 13 or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I don't. I think eight's a pretty good balance for where how we're playing right now. I think there's... There's room on the course for a par five that only the really strong guy can get to and two. And and it's it's a really brave shot, the second shot. It's you've got to hook quite solidly, like some sort of three wood or something, up and to get it on the green to anywhere close to the hole. And that's a really difficult shot off an upslope. And whenever you try to do that off an upslope, you generally miss it right. Mm-hmm. And it that hole allows you to miss it right. So your brain says, okay, it's okay if I don't hook this. So, everyone generally just flares it out to the right, wedges it onto the green. I think eight's a good balance, actually. I actually kind of like eight.
0: That's, that's interesting because when you miss to the right and then you're tripping over those mounds, it's really hard to hit it close, which makes it hard to make birdie. But
1: it's still a relatively easy par. Yeah, it does it's make an it hard easy to make par.
0: It's, it's, But if you get the ball over to the left, especially with those right pins, it's, easy, it's much easier to make it. So, if you're brave. Yeah, I right. mean,
1: strategically. It ticks every point. box, right? Like the more risk you take on the tee, it's closer to the bunker, the easier, the less you have to hook your second shot and the easier it is. The The, the more, the, the, the less risk you take off the tee, then the harder it's to hit it on the green. And it's just exactly the same on the second shot. If you take no risk, the further right you go, the harder your wedge. The further left you go, the easier your wedge, but the further left you go, you risk going down into all the flowers and the trees and mm-hmm. the rubbish. I mean, this course does that all the way around. It ticks strategy 101 like and in an interesting different way all the way around it's uh they, they just get it it's just right
0: nine's the easiest driving hole right
1: maybe statistically but um i've it's easy if you can turn it over um and it's it's another one of those holes that coaxes you into trying to take more than you need to on like you really want to hit a big High draw because it goes further. Like it's, it has more of a forward bounce rather than yeah. a sideways bounce. Um, it's a relatively easy T shot to hit the fairway. But again, it it's a bit like the second shot on eight. It kind of tries to suck you into taking on more than you need. Um, and because you don't want, if you f- kind of flare it a little bit, it's pretty easy to not hit it in the right trees. But you end up with this downslope ball below your feet, six iron into this green that really isn't fit for that setup so it encourages you to take on more than you want. And you'll see a lot of guys hit it in the left trees because they're trying to kind of get those big bounces and get it down the bottom of the hill and hit like a wedge in, which makes it relatively easy, but it's hard to get it to that spot. So easy to hit the fairway, but again, it, it dangles the carrot. Like it kind of sucks you into trying to take on
0: more than you should. It's uh, it, it, This guy said that approach shot, that front bowl, is the easiest approach shot, Joe, with the stats on the whole course do you do you, uh, just on nine,
1: oh, a nine. That... yeah yeah yeah. the front pin definitely 100% because it's almost impossible to hit it over the ninth green. like yeah. it doesn't matter it plays quite long because it's depending on how far you hit it it's kind of uphill and it effectively plays uphill because you're hitting it off such an extreme so that's downside why people always end up short always end up short because your nine iron will go five or five it, it's you're off such a down slope, it's hard to get it in the air the mm-hmm. second shot. So your 9 nine goes really flat, so it hits the ground before it normally would. And it ain't bouncing forward unless it lands up top. So you can really take quite a lot more club. Missing the green to the right isn't a problem. So that front... And anything really that goes 20 or 30 feet past it will generally come back towards the pin. So yeah, that's certainly the easiest pin on the green. But it's also the one that you can... if If you don't know what you're doing, you can get it wrong too.